If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Trevor B. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar at patreon.com slash run jump stomp. Also by Audible. Get two free books when you sign up at runjumpstomp.com slash audible. All right, everyone, before we get into today's news, let's start with feedback. I got a review of the show from Classic MWK. Uh, They said the podcast is great for all news, Nintendo. I really enjoy the personal insights that are given and the down-to-earth perspective the host is the host has is much appreciated. Excellent music and production as well. Thank you and please keep doing what you've been doing. Well, you keep listening and I will keep recording. I just want to speak to production. If this is the first episode that you've ever listened to, you're going to notice that there's a bit of an echo in the room. That's because I've just built a new podcasting studio And I just want everybody to know that that echo will be taken care of in time. I couldn't wait to move my stuff into the studio, uh, but the walls are a little bare and we're still missing a few doors. And because of those things, the sound quality is not to the caliber that... um, that I have had in the past. So I am working on that. And uh, big thanks to Classic MWK for the review. Now that we've got all that stuff out of the way, let's jump in to the news. Well, it looks like GameStop, a.k.a. I can't remember the name of them. ThinkGeek. There we go. Sorry for the delay there. It looks like ThinkGeek, a.k.a. GameStop, has not been the only retailer sitting on NES mini consoles. Uh, This happened on the 29th, and Amazon has what's called a treasure truck, which I've never actually heard of before. I guess that there's uh, it's this big, ostentatious-looking truck labeled the Amazon treasure truck, and it goes to various cities. Now, they had treasure trucks in Atlanta, Seattle, Chicago, Dallas, Houston, and Los Angeles on Saturday. And on that treasure truck was the NES Mini for the original price of $60. Now, I've got good things to say about this and bad things. Let's start with the good things. The good thing about this is that they did not make a bundle. They just sold it for the original price. So it didn't. It doesn't feel like they were... What's the word? I, ripping people off. It doesn't feel like they were ripping people off. But what it does feel like, it feels like the people who don't live in big cities got screwed because they didn't have the chance to order this. Now, why would why would Amazon do it that, like this? I think because they know that this is a way to reduce uh, the number of scalpers who are going to get their hands on the NES Mini. Nintendo is really at fault here, and Nintendo needs to find a way to fix uh, their 
manufacturing issues or their supply chain issues, whatever the issues are, they need to find a way to fix these things. And if they don't, then we're constantly going to have issues with scalpers. You don't see the PlayStation 4 being scalped. You don't see the Xbox One being scalped. You only see it happen to Nintendo. Well, I'm sure that there's other stuff out there that also gets scalped, but you mostly see it happen to Nintendo stuff. And it's because Nintendo is just far too conservative when it comes to ordering the right number of consoles for production. Uh, They never seem to be able to meet demand. Now, there are people out there that think that Nintendo is being evil here and making sure that they have uh, a very high demand by having an, an artificially constrained supply. I don't think that that's what they're doing. I think that they're just far too conservative. And because they're so conservative, they, they're, they're afraid. They're afraid to leave things on the shelf. And so they never order enough. And the only people that this benefits is the scalpers. I would prefer that Nintendo make too many than make too few. Now, we're still looking at what's going on with the uh, NES Classic, but we've got the SNES Classic to look forward to. And I hope that Nintendo has found a way to fix this in the past year. They've gotten a lot of backlash on this. I don't think that they probably will have fixed this, and my, my reasoning that they probably haven't got this fixed yet is because they got a lot of backlash on the Amiibo things. When they brought out Amiibo, some Amiibo were very difficult to find and some were very easy to find. And it, it caused uh, an artif- it, it caused a very high demand for these items. And therefore, scalpers were then motivated to pick these things up to make some money, which I don't blame the scalpers. The scalpers are just being um, business smart, I guess. Uh, it sucks for the rest of us that scalpers are able to make so much money off of a, uh, a mistake on Nintendo's part, but Nintendo never seemed to learn from its mistakes with Amiibo. It repeated those same mistakes with the NES classic. Now we have to wonder, are we going to see those same mistakes again with the SNES classic? And here's something that's interesting is that Nintendo has confirmed, according to uh, various websites, I actually forgot to find the link for this and put it in the show notes. I'm sorry about that. But Nintendo has confirmed to a few different websites that Super Nintendo Classics pre-orders will be available in late August. So now we know that in late August, we're going to be getting some possible pre-orders for the SNES Classic. Why Nintendo couldn't just say this when they first announced it is beyond me. I don't understand it. Like, what is the benefit of them waiting? All it does is kind of draw the ire of customers who want to give them money. I still think that the best solution would be for Nintendo to just limit it to one per customer and have each customer have to have uh, a... um, a Nintendo ID. Um, and then once you've got that and every one of those customers is satisfied, then you can sell the rest uh, to, to anybody. 
But I think that Nintendo needs to do their own store and do it that way. We're not going to see that. That's a pipe dream, a warp pipe dream, I guess. Uh, And I just think that hopefully we don't have the same thing happen where a year from uh, now I'm talking about how Amazon's treasure truck has SNES classics driving around only to these select cities or that ThinkGeek has released a bunch of bundles with SNES classics and uh, a plushy toy that nobody wants. Um, Again, something that I had thought of, by the way, after kind of ruminating on this for a little while, is I kind of took ThinkGeek to task for selling these things as bundles. I think that there's actually a good reason to do that, and that's because it kind of disincentivizes scalpers. Uh, If scalpers have to pay x dollars to get this thing and then they've got these other two things that came with it that they don't want and nobody really cares about buying uh, on ebay because they're easy to get uh, that's going to disincentivize scalpers from buying those things so i'm not entirely sure that think geek was completely in the wrong by bundling those things however um, they were wrong by sitting on them. I think that instead of sitting on them, they should have just sold them as soon as they got them. Um, Because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, some people ended up paying scalpers that didn't need to. They could have just bought it from from ThinkGeek, but they ended up paying scalpers because they couldn't find one anywhere. And they were desperate. They were like, man, I mean, I've got the money. I don't want to spend the money, but I've got the money. I guess I'll give it to this schmo on eBay so that I can have the the thing that I want. Whereas the only reason that scalpers are doing this is because it makes them money. If people would stop buying things from scalpers, then scalpers would stop selling these things. But we've got to wait I mean, it's kind of like a chicken and egg thing. We got to wait for one thing to happen or the other, because as long as scalpers are buying things and things are in high demand, um, people are going to buy people with two people with more money than cents are going to spend hundreds of dollars on a 60 or $80, uh, mini console, uh, where, whereas the, if Nintendo just would hit those supply marks, then the scalpers wouldn't have any motivation to do so. Anyway, I feel like I've rambled about this for long enough. Let's uh, talk about the next story. We've got a brand new map coming to Splatoon. It looks like it's going to be reserved for Splatfest. Uh, It's called Shifty Station which is translated, uh, I guess in Japanese, they call it Mystery Zone. A lot of people said that Google Translate was calling it Twilight Zone, and it had this cool like black and white image with it. Um, I think it's a shame that that we're going to have a a map that is only for the Splatfest. Again, Nintendo's doing this thing where they restrict awesome things that they make, and they they don't let you do what, what you would want to do with it. Um... Let's talk a little bit about the cool things that this uh, that this mystery zone or shifty station can do. It's it's got the name shifty station because the layout of the actual map changes each time that you play, which I think is really cool because 
it means that people who are playing nonstop are not going to have a, a an advantage over people who are only jumping in for the Splatfest. A lot of people online are saying it looks kind of like an Octarian location. I don't pay enough attention to Splatoon 2 uh, or Splatoon 2's lore to understand if something looks to be Octarian or not. But I really like the idea that we've got this um, this uh, map where the layout changes between uh, times that you play on it, which would be really cool. Another thing that I think would be cool, but I, I'm sure that we would never get, is to get an actual black and white map in Splatoon. Like, not just... Uh, not just like a, a placeholder image, but actually play the game um, in black and white. I think it would be very, very cool. I, I know that some people are saying, well, how could you tell the two different inks apart? Just make sure that one ink is black and one ink is white. I think that that would look really neat and um, not an all the time thing. Like Nintendo really likes to do this, the stuff where they make something cool and then it's it's only available for a short time. Uh, but I think that it would be very cool if Shifty Station were um, desaturated. Uh, anyway, uh, that's that's it for Splatoon Two news. Did you guys pick ketchup or mayonnaise? If you like Telltale's games, and if you don't know what they are, Telltale games make these almost like a point-and-click adventure games, uh, although that's really reducing it too much. Uh, but they make these games where you play through a story and you your choices have a very big impact on the story. They started out with, um, I think it was Back to the Future, and then they did A Wolf Among Us, and then the one that really blew up and got them on the map was uh, The Walking Dead. They did M- Minecraft Story Mode, well, it looks like we've got two more games coming from them that are going to be coming to the Switch. And that is Batman, a Telltale series, and Guardians of the Galaxy, a Telltale series. This was leaked uh, by a UK shop called 365 Games, as well as a Russian store, which is called Game Buy. Um, and GameStop, actually, GameStop, I always say that wrong. GameSpot actually reached out to... Uh, Telltale and ask them about that. And it says, when asked for a comment, a representative for Telltale reiterated to GameSpot that Guardians of the Galaxy is slated to premiere digitally in 2017 on consoles, PC, and mobile devices, but did not comment on the possibility of Telltale's Batman coming to the Nintendo Switch. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Nintendo, not Nintendo for crying out loud, Telltale has just finished gushing about the Nintendo Switch. They, they, I, I, I talked about it a few weeks ago, I think, and I don't have the link that, um, this is from memory, I don't have the link uh, to the actual story, but there was a story a few weeks ago where Telltale was talking about how they felt like the Switch was the perfect console for what it is that they are trying to do. So, my guess is, yes, Batman's probably coming. I'm sure that Guardians of the Galaxy is also coming. And why do I think that this is going to happen? Well, because it's perfect for their stuff. It really is. And so much so that I'm considering picking up Minecraft Story Mode for the Switch, 
even though I have it on PC. I never actually played through it on PC, but having it portable and being able to do something just a little bit at a time, uh, that's really compelling to me. Um, why didn't they actually confirm it when asked about it? Well, I think that it's probably because they have a large announcement planned. Uh, we've got Gamescom coming up. Uh, I think that's this weekend or next weekend. I'm, I'm not sure which, but whichever, whenever Gamescom is, my guess is we'll probably hear an announcement on that. And it kind of sucks that um, Telltale has had the rug pulled out from under them by these two retailers. And if I were, it, personally, if, if I were um, Telltale, I might contact these retailers and say, listen, if this kind of thing happens again, you will not be getting any business from us. Uh, and I don't think Telltale has to worry about sales. So um, pulling their stuff from these smaller shops, all, well, um, maybe they're not smaller shops, but pulling these uh, from pulling their games from these particular shops, at least maybe for a week, might, might not hurt their bottom line too bad, and it'd be an effective way to punish uh, leakers from, uh, from leaking this information because whenever you watch, it's funny, uh, whenever you watch um, like these E3 press conferences where all of the information has been leaked ahead of time, it always kind of steals the fun of it away. I remember when um, Apple had lost, like one of their developers had lost a phone in a bar and then I can't remember which iPhone it was. I think it was iPhone 5 and somebody had found it in the bar and then sold it to a magazine. And and I think it, I think, um, I think at the time Steve Jobs was actually up on the stage and he goes, I'll, you know here's something that you guys have never heard of or something like that. And he shows it on, you know, he shows the phone that everybody had already seen because it was leaked. And it, it really, I mean, there was a funny moment because he can, he, he was showing off the, yeah, stop me. If you've seen this, thank you, Dasme in, in, in the chat. Uh, he said, stop me if you've seen this. And then he showed it up on the screen. Um, I feel like, yes, he had that funny moment. Um, but it kind of takes away from what could have been a really cool reveal. And I can't imagine being the people who have to present this information they, to get in front of a bunch of people and say, and guess what, everybody? We're bringing Batman, a Telltale series, to uh, the Switch. And everybody's like, yeah, we know. That's That kind of, I don't know, puts holes in the sales, I guess, uh, if I can find a weird metaphor to put there. Uh, but anyway... I'm excited for both of these games. I love Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, and so playing playing a Telltale version of that is uh, exciting to me. And I'm a big Batman fan, so I've heard very good things about Batman, a Telltale series. Uh, and I'm excited for both of these games to come to the Switch. What, what about you guys? Do you like these kind of games, or are they a little too non-interactive for you? Because... They're definitely a specific type of game. You can't, it doesn't, you can't lump them in with, with the other stuff that we play. Well, when everybody saw Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, we all assumed it was going to be XCOM Lite. Well, I guess that Oscar Deus, who works at GameSpot, has had 
time to actually play the game. And he is here to tell you that that is not the case. The game is very, very hard, uh, which is fantastic. Now, don't worry. There is, I guess, a uh, an easy mode on it. Uh, the easy mode lets your characters heal over time. And so I like that there's an easy mode so that younger people uh, or people who are a little less engaged can play the game and enjoy it just as much as everybody else. But I also like that the game is not going to pull punches and that it's going to give you real choices that you have to make. Uh, Something else that it goes into, uh, it says here, the the game's local co-op mode, which puts you and a friend in charge of a pair of fighters each, has you variously serious, very seriously debating over fighter and strategy choice in the most bizarre fashion. So um, you guys, you'll go into a map and, you, and one of you will be like, I really think we need Mario because he has the best gun. Uh, but maybe somebody is like Rabid, Rabid Luigi has a great defense. And so you only have four. You can't take everybody. You only have four and you have to pick who are you going to take with you. And having a co-op version of an XCOM style game is something that I did not see coming, but I am very excited for. Until I read this story, I was, I mean, I was pretty much sold on Mario plus Rabbids, but I wasn't 100% sold. I wasn't probably going to get it day one. This may have just cinched my pre-order, this article. And if you want to read the whole article, it's it's not very long and it's over at GameSpot. You can check out the link in the show notes. I, I recommend that you do. It seems very cool and I'm excited for Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. If for no other reason than the idea of a co-op XCOM style game is just bananas to me. And I can sit there with my son and we can have a blast. Yo, video game dudes, talk to me! So I picked up Namco Museum for the Switch and it's fantastic. I've had a lot of fun with it. I'm going to keep playing it. It's definitely, I'm, I'm happy that I got it digitally and not physically because it'll always be on my system. And the one thing that it made me think of is that I really wish that the Nintendo switch pro controller had better HD rumble. If you have ever used the pro controller or the regular joy cons, or I mean, both of them, what you'll notice is that the joy cons have so much better HD rumble than the pro controller. And the reason for this is because they're so much smaller and the motor can get you to feel what the game is trying to get you to experience a lot better with the Joy-Cons. And with the Pro Controller, you just don't notice it as much. Uh, I noticed this most when I was playing a game of Blaster Master Zero. Um, I had played mostly on uh, Pro Controller, and I was, uh, I think I was in a hotel because I was away for work. And I was playing in my hotel room, uh, Blaster Master Zero, and there was this there was this moment when <clears throat> some water uh, in the stage went from left to right across the screen. And as I was moving my character along, I could feel the water coming on my left hand. And I was like, whoa, something's going on here. What's happening? And I kind of moved, I, I, like I, I moved out of the way. And then the water comes rushing through and I could feel the water moving from the left hand across the screen to the right hand. And like that was the moment when I was sold on HD Rumble. 
but the pro controller just doesn't have a big enough motor in it i think like you don't notice hd rumble stuff nearly as much as you do with the little controllers with the joy cons and so if i could change one thing about the pro controller it would be add a headphone jack to it if i could change two things about the pro controller it would be add a headphone jack to it and give it a bigger rumble motor because i think that people who are playing the games with a pro controller they're almost missing out on some really cool feedback from the game now that's not to say that the pro controller is bad the pro controller is extremely comfortable And it's up there with one of my favorite controllers of all time, the Steam Controller. Uh, Both very, very good gyro, both very, very good rumble. Well, sorry, Um, the the, uh, Steam Controller has very good um, rumble and force feedback, whereas the Pro Controller just doesn't quite hit that mark. And that's something that I want to see happen in the future. Maybe in the future we'll get a, a Super Pro Controller, um, or the new pro controller with little quotes around the new. I don't know how they're, how Nintendo would brand it. Um, but I think that in the future, maybe if we're lucky, we'll get one with a headphone jack and with a bigger motor. Maybe with a bigger motor? Probably not with a headphone jack because Nintendo, they don't want to listen about that stuff. But again, if you want another set of controllers for the Switch, I would personally recommend that you just get more Joy-Cons. Uh, it gives you more options anyway. And if, I, if I'm if i somebody who has a Switch and then I buy a Pro Controller, I now have three controllers for certain games. But if, I'm a, if I own a Switch and I buy a second set of Joy-Cons, well, now I have four controllers. And I think I even spent for only $10 more because I think the Joy-Cons are $10 more than the Pro Controller is. The Pro Controller is definitely more comfortable, but I feel like the Joy-Cons are comfortable enough that if you weren't using the Pro Controller often, you wouldn't even notice. Uh, They look stupid. There's no denying that. The Joy-Cons look very dumb by themselves, but they're very comfortable to use, and I think that they are very well designed. Um, I guess that's it. Kirby, he's cute. You cross him, then he's one tough cream puff. Kirby's Adventure, new on NES. All right, everybody, let's lightning round the rest of these stories. We'll start with this one about Minecraft, the Better Together update. Uh, The Better Together update is supposed to allow uh, players on Switch and Xbox and PC all to play together, uh, which is very, very cool, Uh, very unexpected. It was announced at E3. Uh, really kind of blew people's minds that, that we were going to have cross-platform uh, play. Well, we, I think we were expecting it to come out this summer, and there was recently a Q&A at Minecraft.net. The question was, will when will Better Together Update launch? Uh, the answer is, the Better Together Update will launch this autumn once it's ready and we have satisfactorily evicted bugs from the premises. So... You know, I'm I'm okay with this delay. The delay means that we're probably going to get a better game in the future. And um, are you a Minecraft player? If so, do you have it on the Switch or are you focusing only on one of the other platforms that you've played before? I've bought Minecraft so many times I've lost count. It's such a good game and I don't play it enough. Uh, let's move on. Assassin's Creed. A lot of people have been saying, 
hey, look, Ubisoft is is pretty happy with what's going on on the Switch, uh, so much so that they're they're bringing they're they, they're making their own Mario game, and the director was it the director or the producer? Yeah, the the the, the, the bah, I can't talk. <clears throat> the game's director, sorry about that cough, has said we're shipping on Xbox One, Xbox One X, PS4, PS4 Pro, and PC. Uh, he said there are no plans to release it on the Switch, which is fine. I am totally fine with that. This game is supposed to be a graphical powerhouse. Uh, getting it to work on the Switch would be very, very difficult and not worth their time. And honestly, I think that you don't have to have every game on the Switch because not every game will fit on the Switch. And if they shipped us a subpar, crappy-looking version with bad frame rate, then people probably wouldn't buy it. They would buy it on the PS4 or on the Xbox One or on the PC where it's going to look the best. Yes, it would be really great if this game also came to the Switch, but there are some games that are going to be on other platforms and that's just going to have to be okay with us. A lot of times Nintendo fans get really mad when somebody doesn't bring their game or a game that they want to the platform of their choice. And to those people, I just want to give you a quick reminder that Nintendo doesn't put their games on Xbox or on PS4. And if the PS4 people were saying, hey, how come we never get to play Zelda? Uh, the the first thing that, that Nintendo fans like myself would say is, well, because you didn't buy a Nintendo system. And yes, I understand that this is a third-party company uh, in that uh, it's not quite comparing apples to oranges, but I wouldn't want a crappy port. Um, I know that there are some people out there who only have one console, and it's the Switch, and it sucks that you're not going to get a chance to play what certain games that won't come to the Switch, but I think it's also, um, you just have to keep that in mind when you make your decisions on what you're going to buy. For years, I played... Uh, I, I gamed on my Mac. I played games on my Mac and I even dual booted into windows in order to play certain games. And it was a pain. It was so much of a pain. Eventually I just said, screw it. And I went back to windows as my platform of choice, not because I like windows better because I certainly don't. I think Mac is far more agreeable to me, but I'm a gamer and I wanted to play games on my computer. And if the software that I want is on some other platform, then that's the platform I'm probably going to get. Now, I'm lucky. I have a PS4, I have a PC, and I have a Switch. So I can play just about everything. The Xbox exclusives I don't get to play, but I'm okay with that because most of them also come out on PC. And yes, there are some games that I will miss out on. And there's some games that other people are also going to miss out on. But what you have to keep in mind is that there are so many games out there that we can't possibly play everything. This isn't like when I was in high school and you had two games that lasted you the entire year because you just couldn't get any more than that. We live in a time these days where there are so many games that nobody has enough time to play them all. Corporations have found, uh, have sprung up just for companies to review games because one person can't review everything, and so they have to assign them off. And even then, 
people miss stuff because there's just so many games out there. This is like the best time to be a gamer and I'm very happy with it. And if that means that once in a while we miss out on a game, well, that's them. Them's the breaks kid. Last two stories. I'll go much faster this time. Resident evil revelations is coming to the switch in late 2017, which is cool. I'm kind of excited for this recently. I streamed it on uh, Twitch. I played Alien Isolation, and I'm not usually somebody who plays scary games. Um, Alien Isolation terrified me and was awesome, and I w- I had an absolute blast. And I kind of want to. I've like I've had an itch the past few days to play a scary game, and I've got to find a scary game that I can play that's also not super gory. Now I know that Resident Evil is not probably going to be that game for me because Resident Evil is going to probably be pretty gory, but I might play it anyway. Um, I, I just kind of want to play a scary game. Well, if you want to play a scary game, make sure that you check out the link in the show notes and you will see a quick version uh, or a quick video that shows off some footage from Resident Evil Revelations, which comes to PS4 and Xbox One on August 29th. And then Revelations 1 and 2 will come to the Switch late 2017. We don't know exactly when, but late 2017. So there you go. Uh, The last story for today is that Stardew Valley uh, has a bit of an update about multiplayer. And I'm scrolling down to the bottom. And you can see the whole whole article is in the show notes. And it says here, um, let's see, where did it go? Oh, here we go. Uh, We are currently... We currently expect to be able to start a beta test at the end of the year for Steam users to help us test out the game. Mod authors will be encouraged to update their mods during this beta period. I didn't even know you could mod this game. Uh, Then, in early 2018, we will release it as the 1.3 patch on Windows, Mac, and Linux. Consoles will get the patch too, starting with Nintendo Switch. Alright, now here's the thing. It says that consoles will get the patch too, starting with Nintendo Switch. So it seems like we're going to get the mult. Like, I don't know when Stardew Valley is coming out for the Switch, but it seems like multiplayer might be coming in later. Uh, so they said that in early one, early 2018, that's when 1.3 patch hits, and then the consoles will also get that. Starting with Switch, they didn't say that Switch will start with multiplayer. They said that it will get the patch, which makes it seem to me like we're going to be getting Stardew Valley sooner rather than later, even if it doesn't have the multiplayer stuff, which to me, multiplayer Stardew Valley, I don't even know if that really um, appeals to me. I'm not sure. Does it appeal to you? Are you guys super excited for Stardew Valley? Uh, If you don't know what Stardew Valley is, actually... It's a game where you inherit a farm from your grandfather and you go there and you kind of build up your farm and you like sell stuff in the community and you, uh, you go to community events and you go down in a mine and you fight monsters and you build up your farm and it looks fun. I've played a little bit of it. It kind of makes me sleepy, but having it on a portable console, I think is the preferred method of play for me. And so I might be a little more inclined to stick with it if I can take it with me where I go. If you've ever played a game like Harvest Moon, that's the kind of game that this is. Uh, Anyway, Stardew Valley needs to come out as soon as it can. Because 
if it gets delayed to next year, my guess is we're going to get an Animal Crossing game next year, and you don't want to have Animal Crossing competing with Stardew Valley because Animal Crossing, I think, would trounce it. I know that they're two very different games, but they're both games that appeal to the same type of people, I think. Um, Anyway, you guys let me know. Are you excited for multiplayer or not? That's all I guess I want to know. Will you be the one to experience the Nintendo Entertainment System? Comes with Rob, Zapper, Control Deck, Two Controllers, Gyromite, and Duck Hunt. That is all the time that we have today. If there's a story that I missed, let me know. You can do so by emailing me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can shout at me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. You can call me, 260-RUNJUMP. That's 260-786-5867. By the way... I've gotten a couple calls on that line where I don't hear anything. Uh, I, and I've gotten calls before where I, I have heard the person. Uh, so if you've been calling and trying to leave a message and I haven't read it, it's because the message is not recording. So I'm not sure if there's a problem on your end or on my end, but just letting you know. Um, if you want to jump into the Discord and have those fun conversations with people that we've been having recently, Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash discord. And of course, stop by the live stream sometime. Today, I streamed Zelda Breath of the Wild, hard mode, had a blast. Very fun uh, things happened. I died uh, a few times and uh, I love that game. That's at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. If you're looking to support the show, my wife makes zippered pouches, dock socks for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, you can find those at etsy.com slash shop slash run jump stomp. You can join the patron to show your support. You're looking for a free way to show your support. Give a review on iTunes, just like classic MWK did. And of course you can always use my Amazon affiliate link to, uh, support the show at no cost to yourself. Uh, music is Balloon Trip by uh, Balloon Trip Remix by Noteblock, and the outro music, which you're going to hear in just a second, followed by an audible ad, is Adventure Island Area One Round Two by June Chikuma. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you guys next time. Witchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere they like to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep, even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible.